At People's Capital Group, we help you invest in real estate. Build your wealth by owning professionally managed apartment buildings in the northern New Jersey market. We want to show you how owning real estate is attainable, even for the busy professionals that don't have the time or experience investing in real estate. Now, we only work with select people who are serious about building wealth. So find out if you qualify at peoplescapitalgroup.com. So ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very interesting set of guests here. We have Brett and Dennis, experienced real estate investors here in the, uh, in the shore market here. I was going to say South Jersey, but I don't know. Are we in Central Jersey or are we in South Jersey right now? I think, I think this is Central Jersey. I think Trent okay. is the, the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although some people say there's no such thing as a Central Jersey, but that's really a whole different podcast we're going to have to have. So we'll make a note. Different podcast episode. But these guys are doing amazing things here. They're running Bradley Beach. They're running Avon by the sea. they got tons of projects going on. This is top secret. We can't even talk about the project we're in right now. Okay? It's not a building that they're renovating in Avon. It's not that. That's not what we're, we're in right now. And if you think it is, then you're wrong. So don't go looking for it. But they have tons of projects going on here. I want to have you gentlemen on the show. How are we doing today? Good. Thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, excited. Uh, happy to talk to you. Excellent. Excellent. Between his yoga classes and acupuncture, which is very important to have these things in your life to make them more exciting. So. Uh, let's make this one easy here since we don't have seats. We'll make this one nice and easy for everyone. So how did you get started investing in real estate, Brett? Um, my, one of my other businesses, uh, we were doing co-working probably around like 2009, 2010, got started with that. Um, we had started in a small space, then expanded to about 5,000 square foot footprint in a building. Um, came to find that we basically were just paying the landlord's mortgage and my partner and I were like, well, why don't, why aren't we on the other end of this? So we ended up uh, finding a building, partnering with a couple of people that uh, needed, like, uh, that were in it, but needed to actually purchase the building so they could maintain some long-term uh, uh, staying power in that location. So we partnered with them, bought that building. It's about 9,600 square feet um, in downtown Asbury Park. Um, so we expanded a co-working location there. A couple years later, uh, probably 2019 at this point, we found a similar 9,000 square foot building in downtown Red Bank. Wow. Um, purchased that building as well. And um, those really were my first uh, forays into like real estate, the commercial real estate investing. Wow, that's incredible. So you really got into the development side to get started a little, or at least the repositioning of the existing space. And um, that's a lot, like that's a, he a lot of heavy lifting with doing it's, all that construction work off the bat. It's, I mean, it all comes down to team. I mean, I'm not like a, I can I can do little odd job stuff, but, but I, I'd be lying to say that I was like swinging hammers and, and framing framing outdoors. Oh yeah, you don't so. want to see my framing work. It's uh, <laughs> have, oh god, this we place have a team is falling that does apart. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my handiwork ends at painting, and that that's about it. I like having it prepped. I just do the roller. That's it. Yeah. That. <laughs> so uh, Dennis, how about you? How did you uh, take the plunge into real estate? Well, my story is not as entrepreneurial as uh, Brett. I actually worked for the government. Uh, I got hired in 2010 while I was getting my MBA, and the first paycheck I got, I was like, wow, that's great. My government's not, I mean, the government's not only my employer, they're also my business partner <laughs> with the amount of taxes they're taking out. So from there, I kind of went on a rabbit hole. 
the, the typical Google search, you know, how to pay less taxes. Uh, first, first couple of answers were very shady and probably semi-legal. So I went back and actually said how to pay less taxes legally. And <laughs> the first like three pages were all real estate. Uh, then I did the stupidest thing possible. I went to a family member who had a portfolio. I said, hey, you have anything to sell? And he was like, yeah, sure, take this one, my biggest headache. Mm -hmm. It was a low-income property in a rough area in New Jersey called East Orange. Mm -hmm. um, I cut my teeth on that property, self-managed it, did the evictions, police call-outs, all of the good stuff, three certifications. And I was like, well, I definitely don't want to scale this, definitely don't want to do more of this. So what can I do? And I kind of went down the rabbit hole, went into the passive side of real estate, started doing note funds, ATM funds, then I got into apartment building syndications. And that's when it, things kind of really started clicking. Uh, I started an investment club. After a couple of successful years of the investment club, we launched our fund where we mainly do affordable housing syndications. And we also do short-term rental properties like the one in Bradley Beach uh, that we're probably gonna be talking about a little bit. Cool. So, well, yeah, what do you have going on at Bradley Beach for the short-term rental community? What's your plan there? I want to take this, you? Yeah, I can. Uh, so we have, it's nine standalone uh, bungalows on one lot. Um, they have been, uh, I guess, neglected for probably about 20 years, to put it gently. Um, so we took over the property mid-February. Currently, we're rehabbing three of the nine units. Um, getting them ready for the summer season here in uh, at the Mama County at the Jersey Shore. And uh, and then after we finish those three, we're going to cycle in the next three and then the last three. So by end of year, we should have all nine units up and running and uh, start to generate some cash flow for this summer and then really summer 2023 uh, have like just like a nice income producing property four blocks from the water. Nice, nice. So you'll um, try to rent those on Airbnb. Is that the plan? Uh, and uh, ideally for leasing them. I know you had some challenges with the town, right? And uh, the CFO. So if you don't mind, can we dig into that? How you're kind of overcoming the challenges with the town, not wanting short-term rentals here, and then kind of finding a middle point to still make your numbers work on the deal though? Yeah, so the, the trick here is to realize what the culture is in this short town. So the short town really, uh, they operate on a weekly and a monthly model. Mm -hmm. uh, they prefer that model. So when you try to introduce like a daily Airbnb model, mm -hmm. they're not as fond to that. So yeah. the board, the, the town actually, um, they put some laws in place and it's pretty controversial laws. But basically what happens is every time a tenant stays there and they leave, then the property needs a new CFO. Mm -hmm. uh, so that be quite cumbersome and definitely not business friendly mm -hmm. uh, per se. So the way we're overcoming that is we are doing it during the season. It's only going to be weekly and monthly stays. This way the CEO visits aren't going to be as uh, intrusive as if we were doing a day or, or two days or three days. Mm -hmm. uh, when we go off season, we're going to have a minimum of three nights where then we can at least plan it out, know that these three nights are gonna be rented and then by the, that fourth day, the inspector is coming out. Mm -hmm. The good news is because of these rules that are in place, it is like clockwork. So it's not like a new construction where you're waiting a month for a CEO inspector to come out. Mm -hmm. uh, they're getting their fees, so they're gonna to wanna to come out. They're gonna to wanna to yeah. check and <laughs> everything like that. So it, it, we're working within the rules of the, the, the town. All right, so your new business partner is the town now, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went from the government to the town. All right. Hey, at least you're paying less taxes, right? <laughs> yeah. Until the cash flow starts rolling in, <laughs> then you got to figure out some way to write it off. 
All right, and how did you snag such a unique deal? Nine cottages in Bradley Beach? Like, they're not making any more of those, right? <laughs> um, well, it is non-conforming, so I don't think they can. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit of luck. Uh, my, my kid, uh, the broker who, who originally sold the property to the, the former owner, um, my kid went to school with him, and, and, um, and a mutual friend of ours like, called me up one day. At, well, we were in coffee or something. And, uh, and she said, um, hey, do you know anybody that might want this? And, and I was like, give the guy my phone number right now. <laughs> so called him, took a look at the property. Um, yeah, and it just seemed like, like, like knowing what I know in this area, I've been, I grew up in South Jersey, right. by, by Philadelphia. Oh, okay. but, real <laughs> but, South Jersey. Real South yeah. Jersey. But um, I, I've lived here since, I've lived in Asbury Park area since 2004, so... <laughs> I saw that. I know there's not a whole lot of that going on, and and I saw the opportunity there. So, mm. um, yeah, that's when I was like, all right, we have to figure this out. So. Now, investing in a seasonal town or a beach town, um, do you find? I mean, I invested in a in a ski uh, resort area, and I found the seasonal markets to be really challenging. Do you find it's as seasonal down here at the beach, and is that challenging to, you know, have those different demands and different peak demands? So I will. I could take this one. So I think anytime you're dealing with seasonal uh, market, it's you have to be very honest upfront of what you're actually getting into. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, a lot of investors I speak to, especially in the short term short term world, they'll incorrectly you know uh, expand on a good part of the season and try to make that out as what that's going to be for the year. And when you do that, you're setting yourself up for failure. So I think a trick is to be very very honest about what you actually have and then you could plan around that uh so one of me and brett are actually um we have someone that does a winery in south jersey and that used to be a very seasonal business and he's done a masterful job of creating off-season traffic right and we're just trying to take bits and pieces of that and applying it to us like we have nine cottages so that technically means we might be able to do masterminds there especially real estate masterminds personal finance masterminds we could do yoga retreats in that place that location is uniquely suited Mm -hmm. for all that stuff Um, so there's it's kind of easier in season but there's no reason for us to accept that our off season is going to be what it is yeah. because we have a lot of influence in that. And that's one of the reasons why I was so excited about this project is uh, Brett in his background is such a design and brand builder. Mm-hmm. So I knew if anybody could extend that season, it's going to be someone like Brett. And uh, some of the concepts that we're working on are uh, get me so excited and can't wait to get into it where I don't really get that with apartment buildings. I own apartment buildings, and the business plan never excited me as much as something like a Bradley Beach or where we are here. That's top secret. Oh, and I, I was, and I think it's, it's some of the distinction there too is um, that it is much more of a business than just like a traditional. And I say passive in quotes because nothing's really passive, but um, <laughs> but it's it's not a traditional passive real estate investment where it is it is essentially a business that's um, that it's going to be Airbnb. It's going to be a little bit of curation of types of events and, and mm-hmm. retreats and things that Dennis spoke of. Um, and one of the other nice things about Monmouth County in this area too, is that it more and more like, like it's becoming a, a year round destination, not to say it's, it's, it's deader and it's certainly deader in February than it is in like, like July, mm-hmm. but you get like a warm weekend in February. I mean, it's, it's packed on the boardwalks and, really? and wow. yeah. And more and more people live down here year round. So it's it's not a um, 
it's not as much of a tourist destination, I'd say, like out of the get-go, but there are people that are living here. There's businesses that are thriving in the off-season more and more. And um, yeah, and it's, and it's, I think this area, it's, it's only going to continue to grow. Just partially because of New Jersey. Like, well, also, you, population density. I mean, let's hope the uh, climate keeps warming for you guys, you know? <laughs> and you can keep, you know, driving traffic you down. You realize it is a day today. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hope global warming takes off. So your and, my, and my social media manager well. literally texted me an hour ago being like, what are some of the initiatives our company does so, so we can post about it? Praying for more global warming so our investments do better. That's the, that's the okay, very good, very good. So what... Uh, um, you guys are like halfway through this project. You're doing them on Bradley Beach with the nine uh, houses near the, the beach there. What's like the biggest challenge you've run into with the project so far, you think? I think these, these are challenges that are not unique post-COVID. It's the supply and the labor. Mm. Um, we felt like we had a really healthy budget going in, the mm -hmm. construction budget. And so far, it's been 20% above where we were with a 20% contingency that we originally had. Yeah. So we're talking about a 40% over overages. Um, the other thing is, it's not that we didn't expect it, but these units, uh, I think Brett mentioned 20 years of neglect. I would probably put it closer to 80. Mm -hmm. um, and there was still knob and tube, electric mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, they didn't have a floor plan that was really suitable for a short-term rental. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to really uh, cut out a lot of walls, a lot of structural things just to get it open, what more people would constitute as, you know, a luxury rental. Uh, so all of those things taken into consideration really went over budget in terms of the construction. But the flip side of that is the the rental rates have skyrocketed since mm -hmm. we underwrote the property originally. Good, good. Uh, so it, it kind of is a yin and yang there. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's nothing unique. I think it's just something you just have to deal with. Yeah. Now I found with my short-term rentals that were about two hours from Boston, about four hours from New York, people would get, when the COVID first happened, there was a huge demand to get out there and, you know, work, work out in the mountains. And then as COVID kind of became part of life, it kind of settled down a little bit more and the demand slowed down a little bit. There's still a good amount more demand than before the COVID. But did you find that you kind of had the COVID bump down here and then things are kind of simmering down to where they were? Uh, pre-COVID but a little better or are you still feeling like a huge amount of people wanting to move down here and stay down here uh, more than before COVID? It's I've seen a, just a massive influx into this area. I mean, I was driving on Ocean Avenue, which is a couple blocks from here earlier, and it was, felt like a summer day. It was like, it took me like 15 minutes to get somewhere that usually takes me two minutes. Right. Um, it's, yeah, there's there's a lot of people. A lot of people during COVID bought uh, second houses down here, yep. which not only increases population, but also now there's less like available properties in the market for people to live that sure. live down here. Yep. So mm -hmm. rental markets have increased. Um, mm -hmm. The short-term rental market, it's it's just, um, yeah, the number the numbers are looking really good. I'm, I'm, I yeah. mean, I'm glad I own a house. <laughs> and it was with investment properties because yeah. I yeah it's it's not a good time to rent if you're um, any any of my friends that are in rentals or yeah it's not uh, it's not a, not a good place to be right now no no it's not your rentals going up I mean yeah own, owning the real estate that's always the best place to be own the assets absolutely absolutely all right so um, now you guys got a number of projects going on a top secret project here uh, a project we just talked about with the nine units in Bradley Beach so you've done apartment buildings you've done all types of things uh, with all the businesses you've had um, and so what are some of the probably the biggest things you've taken away from your real estate investing or just your business in, in general 
um, that you can pass on to our listeners here? Like the biggest lessons you, you've taken away, just like one or two lessons, maybe what not to do, uh, sometimes is more of a lesson than what to do. So if you can give me one thing not to do and one thing to do that maybe you've learned from your business, uh, that would be a great way to uh, leave our, our listeners here. Um, or just the best tip you have for general business and real estate owners. Uh, go ahead, Brett, I think you got something. Um, the best is, is really just building like a team, like building, building a team of, of good people. And then if you find those good people, do whatever you can do to keep them happy. Ah, yes. That is, we were talking a little bit about like labor issues. And, yeah. And we've been fortunate where, where um, we had a, it was a little bit tougher last summer hiring. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed, but I mean, once we found good people, it's like, I mean, if you have a good company, people want to work for you. Right, if you, right. If you just, yeah. mis if you're treating your employees like cogs, then they're not going to want to work for you. And yeah. Then, and then you're going to complain about it. So <laughs> treat your employees well, right. treat your team well, and, and do whatever you can do to keep them happy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. One of the biggest challenges I had with my short-term rentals was labor, keeping people on board, also recruiting good help that, you know, was reliable. I just couldn't find them in a rural market. And I think if I did it again, I would do it in a more populated market, like a, a short town or Las Vegas or Orlando or something like that, where you have a consistent uh, demand, a, a, a amount of people ready to work, service providers, you know, it was so hard to find a, a landscaper or a plumber, you know, I mean, in rural areas, they're really underserviced. So it was incredible. Uh, so if I did it again, I would be in a market that has better service providers and just a bigger population uh, to help. Uh, uh, Dennis, what, what's your biggest takeaway? So I'll say uh, for people who are trying, I know the, the show has the word passive in it. Uh, so from, I'll, I'll give two tips. One, if you're looking to stay passive, really, really, do you, it, it's really about the operator. You want to invest with the operator. A good operator will make a bad deal whole. Mm. Uh, a bad operator will make the best deal fall apart. Uh, so from a passive perspective, you know, always focus on the actual quality of the operator you're investing with. And then from an, an active, for people who are looking to take the step to go from passive to active, just understand that in today's market, uh, me and Aaron were actually walking a property and we actually had an off-market opportunity <laughs> and the price tag that was put to, uh, towards us was astronomically high and we kind of joked around about it. But as we were walking away, we kind of started chatting away on how the deal would work. And the point is, it's not about what the deals are in the market today. It's about what you make out of those deals. And today, more than ever, I think, it's true. It, it could never be said that it's, I want to just say this right away. Now more than ever, you really do make the deal. And it's not a deal that's out there that you're going to just turn around and say, oh, this works from day one. Mm -hmm. Like if you looked at the Bradley Beach numbers, the current rent rolls would have supported the, the asking price right. that we were in. But the performa of our business plan did. Uh, so that's those are the things that would be my biggest um, tidbit is it, you have to kind of make the deal in today's market. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. And, uh, you know, it was funny with that guy walking over saying, oh, I want five million bucks, you know, market cycle. So he's feeling really high and mighty right now. Pretty cocky, you know, and like, you know, just walking into your project telling you, yeah, I'll take five for that. You know, I can't wait for the market to cycle and you to knock on your door and be like, so you said you were interested in buying real estate. Uh, do you still do that? You know, uh, how does two million sound? You know? 
Uh, so we'll just wait, just give the market a little time and we'll see where it goes, who knows. But uh, yeah, I love uh, you know overly confident uh, anyone in business who's overly confident is always <laughs> an interesting person to watch. So, uh, but hopefully you snagged that building for a good price and uh, he was worried about capital gains tax. So whenever a seller is worried about capital gains tax, my brain immediately goes to seller financing, which is when the seller holds back paper uh, and you ideally don't, as the buyer, don't have to come up with as much cash down. Uh, a great way to structure acquisitions. And uh, that gentleman who wants the $5 million, he can go fly a kite, <laughs> but then when he's ready to get to a real number, you want to do seller financing because he's worried about capital gains tax. So that's what we learned from that experience. And um, no, I really enjoy what you guys have going on down here. It's a pretty uh, nice town. I came down with the family. Uh, we're going to go enjoy the boardwalk a little bit. It's a Friday afternoon. Might be time. I think it's 5 o'clock somewhere. So um, Close enough. It's, it's 3 o'clock. <laughs> so it's almost 5 o'clock. So you know what that means when you're down the beach. So we're going to have a little fun here. But thank you so much for joining the Passive Cashflow Podcast. How can people find you guys and learn more about what you're doing? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, it's Brett Morgan, or uh, my website, brettmorgan.me. And uh, it's probably the best way. And uh, yeah, drop me a DM or email me. All my stuff's up there. And for me, if you go on sihcapitalgroup.com, uh, just click on the Learn More button. I have a book on alternative investments. So if you're interested, we get out the abridged version right on the website. Uh, just contact Learn More and always happy to connect. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming on the show. And thank you to our listeners. We'll come out with another episode next week of the Passive Cash Flow Podcast, where we help people invest in real estate. And of course, if you want to get out in our apartment buildings or different opportunities we bring to our passive investor group and earn cash flow and wealth growth and tax depreciation from passive ownership of real estate, go to our website, peoplescapitalgroup.com, where you can check out our blogs and our weekly podcast monthly webinars and all of our educational videos there as well. Also, we're coming out with a seven video series you can sign up for and check out our ebook there also. Thanks a lot, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your afternoon.